0: You are listening to The Artist Maker, a movement to sustain and strengthen creative producers. Too often, talented artists struggle to make a living because they haven't been trained in how to run a business. We explore the business side of art by interviewing professional artists to discover how they develop and operate their enterprises. Each guest shares strategies they have learned through success and sometimes failure in making art their business. The Artist Maker is hosted by Scott Burkholder, owner of the Burkholder Agency, where Scott helps creatives and entrepreneurs build relationships and legacies through artistic production and appreciation.
1: We're excited to catch up with Jarrell Gibbs today. Jarrell is a Baltimore-based fine artist. A childhood desire for art was held captive until his early 20s. At that point, painting quickly became his vocation. After making the bold decision to make art his business, he stepped away from two jobs so that he could get his first formal artistic training at the Maryland Institute College of Art. We're focusing our interview today on how Jarrell made such a rapid entree into becoming a gallery-represented artist. We're going to start with some rapid-fire questions. The first rapid fire question for you today is morning or night?
2: Mm, morning.
1: Number two, what's your favorite chip flavor? This is potato chip, by the way.
2: Potato chip. I'm going to have to say sour cream and uh, cheddar and sour cream.
1: Number three, what recent conversation has stuck with you?
2: A conversation that I've had actually this morning, um, it was a, uh, a Bible um that a friend of mine sent over this morning that's really been on my spirit the past three days um, as it relates to understanding what the intention is behind what I'm doing is not necessarily for me. It was uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all things shall be added to you.
1: Number four. What was your first job?
2: (laughs) My first job? Oh, wow. Now... I was an entrepreneur since day one. So I would say my first sale was, um, I think I was around nine or 10 maybe. I sold one of my um, uh, drawings of a cartoon character to my younger sister for uh, (laughs) 25 cents. Yeah.
1: kept that one in the family. How about job outside of that?
2: I remember working at a snowball stand pretty early.
1: Number five. What was the first work of art you sold? I think you just told us that, but...
2: Yeah, that that was the first one. Um, my cartoon sketch, and that was, was like 9 or 10.
1: <laughs> what was the cartoon again?
2: I think it was someone from um, one of the characters from uh, Space Jam.
1: Number six, who or where do you look to for business wisdom?
2: Chris Wilson. He's an artist, uh, author, He's a Renaissance guy here in Baltimore
1: and our last question. Number seven, where will you be living in ten years?
2: My plan is to have three homes, one here in Baltimore, one in um, somewhere in Georgia. I'm not sure exactly where and definitely one in L.A.
1: I like that plan. You know, you mentioned in the rapid fire, you sell your first work of art at the age of nine. I'm curious, when did you know that your art was going to be your business?
2: Um, I knew it was going to be my business when I decided I was going to make it my business. The same principles that you apply to any successful business, you can apply them to an art career, an art profession. So I just took it, you know, I just made it like it is a business because that's what it is. And I realized if I wanted it to be successful, I had to treat it as a business and follow those those principles and those steps that I knew um, other successful business people followed. It was that simple for me.
1: When did you, if you will, hang your shingle out as Jarrell Gibbs,
2: the right. artist? I think towards the end of twenty fifteen, we um, a few myself and a, a few business partners that I used to work with in the past, we had opened up a gallery in uh, downtown Baltimore called the Incredible Little Art Gallery.
1: When you made that step in twenty fifteen, who did you sell your first works of art to? What was your your customer base like?
2: A lot of my early collectors were like Jess Solomon, Aisha and Cole over at Dove Coat. A lot of the community, but a lot of people who were really heavily invested in the arts and willing to kind of like put their self out there and take a risk in purchasing something.
1: So it sounds like you knew these people. You had a personal relationship with them?
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's all of my sales came through people who I had personal relationships with. And, you know, like your network is your net worth, you know, and allowing your community to invest in you shows other people, you know, that you're worth investing in as well. But it starts with you investing in yourself, obviously.
1: Tell us a little bit about that. I I like that idea of investing in yourself first. What were Mm -hmm. some of those initial steps as you were starting the business to invest in yourself?
2: Just becoming a nerd to like not only business, but a nerd to uh, perfecting my craft as a painter. It would have been important for me to understand the basic principles of business, you know what I mean? And how to market yourself and um, how to uh, manage your time, how to like maximize every resource that you have at your you know disposal.
1: If I purge you correctly, your net worth is mm-hmm. your network. And at what point did you start to understand that and see that it's your relationships that mm-hmm. this is going to build off of?
2: It wasn't about me just like, going out and meeting someone for the sake of meeting them so I can have a name in my phone. But, you know, I was really I'm really into building relationships with people, first and foremost. Um, And I think that's very important. You know, like if you want to get into this this space and I mean, in any space as it relates to business, you know, I think it's really important to be genuine with the relationships that you have.
1: Would you make a distinction between networking and relationship building or do you see those as the same thing?
2: I see them as the same thing. I feel like when the relationship is authentic and it's genuine, both parties understand that you're able to go months without necessarily talking. But if it's something that either individual needs, you know, like you know they're there for you, you know, and, you, and, and vice versa.
1: Walk us through the, the, the start of selling your own paintings.
2: Yeah, yeah. The start was rough. So, 2015, I sold maybe three or four at a specific price. And then 2016, I started, I was selling about the same amount, but the prices were going up and people were still collecting it. I wasn't focused on necessarily selling. I was focused on the intention behind the sale because I wanted, one, to continue to grow my network. I wanted to meet the right people and I wanted to um, create my brand in a way that was very in line with what I wanted to do with the future, with my future as a um, professional artist. But 2016, that was one of the significant sales. A huge collector in DC. May she rest in peace. She passed in 2017. She had collected two of my works at the time. And then once she had collected a few of my works, like people started to take me seriously, you know, like more serious and, and my prices just continued to go up. Sales were also coming from me doing a lot of DIY stuff. So I'm investing again in like magazines, researching, figuring out who's buying. Building my artist network as well, if you have a community of artists on your side as well, like people that are collecting their work could be potentially interested in collecting your work. You know, I'm not saying that's going to be the case, but, you know, it's it's, it's a possibility. Going to a lot of shows and meeting people and, and things like that.
1: Do you have to do anything outside your comfort zone?
2: Yeah, absolutely. You definitely have to step out of, outside of yourself. I learned that at an early age um, because I knew in order for me to build a network, I had to be um, more open. People don't believe me when I tell them, but I'm really introverted. You know, I'm introverted as hell. In order for me to continue to grow and meet people, I knew I had to come out, come up out of that, or at least be able to turn it on and turn it off.
1: What was one of those awkward moments of connecting with someone new?
2: When we were sending out flyers for the opening of the gallery in 2015, we had the postcards that we created, and what I was doing at that time was sending everything through snail mail because I knew everybody else was sending invites and um opening stuff to like emails, and I was like, "Wow, like it would really catch someone's attention if you just send it to their mailbox because like people don't really do that anymore.
1: What would you point a younger artist to when they're doing research about building their career and their network?
2: You have to travel, you have to travel. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. You have to invest in just going somewhere and understanding that you may not come out with anything, but you did it. You know what I mean? I came back from Art Basel and I want to say like maybe three weeks to a month afterward, someone that I met who is like an art advisor um, connected me with a few collectors that she personally knows, connected with them, sold like $6,000 worth of art, you know, in a day. You know what I mean? But that wouldn't have happened had I not taken that leap of faith and went to Art Basel in Miami, you know, on my own dime, you know. It's not simple. It's not as simple as just getting on a plane and going. My intention was to meet someone very specific for a specific reason.
1: What were your intentions for meeting the people you chose to meet at Art Basel?
2: Building relationships in order to get me to where I am today, which is gallery representation and um continuing to sell art.
1: So Jarrell, when you go to Art Basel and you're looking at galleries there, you're essentially in the big leagues of the art world at that point. How did you know you belong there?
2: I knew if I would just keep to to like talking about my story, my experiences, and not saying it's all about me, but the reality was I had to talk about something that I knew was real. And I feel like people understand and can relate to real, whether they actually experienced it or not, you know? So that that's the confidence that I had within myself before anything.
1: How did you select the galleries or collectors?
2: I chose collectors that collected work that had some sort of conversation with what I was doing, you know? But, I, you know, like, Once I really got involved and invested, I realized none of that really mattered. Collectors collect all types of artwork, you know, like we collect now. I I collect like more abstract, and figurative work, you know, which is crazy.
1: What do you think are the biggest differences between those friends you were selling art to when you began and the collectors that you're working with today?
2: They're collecting for a lot of different reasons you know, not just to support me as an artist. I mean, obviously that's one of them, but they're collecting for various reasons. Some are collecting because they want to continue to be in a position to um, change the narrative as it surrounds uh, work of artists of color. You know, some people are collecting because they want to have a position of power. You know what I mean? So it, it really... It's in a different space now. I mean, I would say like 95% of the people, 98% of the people that have a piece of my work are people that are very genuine and honest and um, just have that human element, you know?
1: How do you feel about the change in who your audience is or maybe the motivation of your audiences?
2: It doesn't bother me because again, I think, uh, well, I know for a fact my gallerist does a good job in vetting my gallerist and I, we, ha- we have a really close relationship and she understands what it is that I'm looking for. And uh, we just like really work together and in in unison with that, um, being intentional and strategic about who is purchasing my work. You have to understand that it is business first. You know, like that's the reality. If you want to get into this game, like t- at this level, it- it's business. It's not just a hobby or a craft anymore. It's like, th- this is is life, you know?
1: How do you describe where you're at in your career right now?
2: Oh man, I'm in a sweet spot. <laughs> I'm in a real sweet spot. I, I get to do what I love. I've worked really hard. And I think a lot of people take for granted the fact that I put a lot of work in, but because it came so quick, people think like it really doesn't take a lot of work or it doesn't take a lot of time. If you don't want it to take long, you have to sacrifice all your time and like devote it to, again, the business and understanding what it is that you're doing and perfecting your craft.
1: You started this career in Ernst at 26. You had a vision. Have you arrived at your vision?
2: No way. What no. It, what's
1: what's the grand vision for you, Jarrell?
2: I mean, this has always been my goal, like to get to a point where I can give back. Like That's the whole thing. It's not about me. I wanted to come back and give back and able to be able to implement certain things to the community that I grew up in.
1: Practically speaking, what does give back look like to you?
2: One of my many goals Is to um, create a artist living in workspace here in Baltimore, Um, and that's something that I'm really close to um, attaining and doing. It's not about like profiting or anything, so I had to figure out how it could make sense financially in order to do something like that. First, it's about providing an opportunity because of the relationships and the network and who I've where I've gotten to. I have to continue to um, open up those. Uh, opportunities and provide them and bring them back to my community in order for them to be accessible to everyone else. Because there's a lot of artists in Baltimore City that I know personally that don't have the opportunities that I have. Whether it's because they don't ha- they they didn't have the finances to you know have a studio and somewhere to live at the same time. You know, like I know how important that is.
1: What would you teach to your own community?
2: You don't have to be. The best at something that I'm the best at, you know, you need to be the best at what you the best at, you know, and then just like understand that that's enough. Again, I want to provide the education as it relates to business, showing people how it could relate to what it is that they're specifically interested in. Now, obviously, for me, in order for me to give like wisdom as it relates to art is going to be specific to artists. But as it relates to business, I can be helpful in any field.
1: What's next for you, Drew?
2: Oh, What's next for me? Shows, working on a new um, collection that I actually started yesterday. Traveling, big traveling next year. Those embe- endeavors that I w- that I was just speaking about, you know, like every day is a is a day wasted for someone else who needs help. You know, that's how I look at it. The stuff that I have lined up for myself is going to happen or it's not, whatever. But I know it's people out there that need help and. I need to um, continue to flush this idea out so I can make that happen as soon as possible.
1: If people want to check out your stuff, where can they find you?
2: Website. Everything is Jarrell Gibbs. It's two R's, two L's, G-I-B-B-S.
1: Thank you, Jarrell, for joining us on The Artist Maker. There are many things that I'm still reflecting on from my conversation with Jarrell. I love when an idea is incredibly obvious and very easy to carry forward with you. Your network is your net worth is such a wonderful way to describe how important relationships are in business. Oftentimes, it's the community, the people that we know, that first recognize our unique skill sets and launch us on our way. As we progress, it will be the new connections that we build with other people that become the blocks that will sustain us. If you want to see where someone's business is heading, look at who they are working to connect with. I think the rocket ship that Jarrell is on with his career is fueled by the many relationships he is developing in tandem with developing his artistic skills. Who are you connecting with presently that will take you to the next level of your career?
0: Thank you for listening to The Artist Maker, a movement to sustain and strengthen creative producers. This production has been brought to you by the Burkholder Agency, recorded by All Is Studio, and produced by Loud Communications. Don't be a stranger. Come find us at theartistmaker.com.